SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Well, it's time for us to get into a conversation where we are raising the bar. It happens once a month with uh, the ever so lovely and very informative, helping us to look into ourselves so that we can stay away from corruption. And that's Penny Milner-Smythe from uh, Ethical Ways. Now, um, Penny worked as a workplace ethics and anti-corruption specialist and uh, she's a provider of ethics and anti-corruption training and related services to a wide range of organizations in sub-saharan africa african regions she's also the author of the international (coughs) compliance association's specialist program on anti-corruption tonight a teamers we are dedicating raising the bar to african anti-corruption day which is commemorated today it's the sixth year that it's been running and intended to bring listeners all you a-teamers an inspiring hopeful and interesting segment penny thank you very much for joining us good evening good evening patricia lovely to be with you and the listeners again now given the doom and the gloom that is dominating our news headlines hey remembering that we are also out of power most of the time so we don't have hot meals we are cold we are freezing where will we draw hope and inspiration from i mean tonight especially well uh, african anti-corruption day is a continent-wide event so i thought we should seek some hope and inspiration from north of our borders um, rather than just focusing on our own country this evening Um, I also thought before we close, I'd like to share some wise words from the founding chairperson of the Organization of African Unity. And in the process, out of interest, share with listeners the origin of the term Rastafarian. Okay, excellent. (laughs) It's going to be a quite interesting uh, segment with uh, you this evening. So uh, some of our A-teamers might not be familiar with the anti-corruption, African Anti-Corruption Day. Um, I'm aware that it's been on for, for, what, six years now? Uh, But it's, it's something that is not put out wildly in the news. People are not talking much about it. So can you help us get a bit more familiar with it? Yes, and I think you and I are doing the right thing by talking about it because that's what the African Union wants us to do. Uh, The reason that African Anti-Corruption Day is marked on the 11th of July is that's the day in 2003 that the AU adopted an important anti-corruption convention at a meeting in Maputo. Um, That convention is called the African Union Convention on Preventing and Combating Corruption, the AUCPC for short. And um, what the AU asks is that on this day each year, uh, we pause to reflect on anti-corruption progress in all African communities, what's working, what's not, and what remains to be tried. Um, They ask us to assess gains, look at the viability of tools, potential for new ideas and successes. And so I'm really hoping to um, talk about at least one major project on the continent that fits that bill. A-teamers, well, 
Uh, it seems that uh, the African Union is asking us to pause, reflect on what is working and what is not working and what remains to be tried so that we can combat corruption, right? And I, I'd like you as an A-teamer to just share your thoughts around this African Anti-Corruption Day that we commemorate today, being the 11th of July. It's been six years in, in, in you know, in, in succession that we have had it, but it's not one that is hailed like other days, like other uh, days that are commemorated. And I think it's one that the African continent really needs because we as a continent are gripped with bureaucracy that is wrapped in, a, in, in pink paper that is all corruption. It's, it's not pink paper that is pretty. It's, you know, you know, I'm thinking of a note here, but in any case, <laughs> it's rand and cents, <laughs> it's dollars, it's pounds that's wrapping this uh, bureaucracy. So please call in 011-714-2006. Give us your thoughts, A-Team. I want to know what, what you think about this day and what can be done um, since the AU is asking us to just reflect what is working, what is not, what should be done, because we all want corruption to be combated. Um, you can also send an SMS on 41391 or even send us a WhatsApp on 614 104107 penny um i'm sure that uh, you know there's there's a lot that we need to talk about around uh, the au's convention on prevention and combating uh, corruption but um there are others who wonder if any progress against corruption has been made since the inception of this particular convention well one of the uh major stories that I'm going to be sharing with you this evening actually um, predates the convention, but it is fitting the bill of the AU's uh, request that we focus on what's working. And there's so many lessons and so much inspiration from this development. And I'm taking us to Nigeria this evening. Um, I'm taking us to what's probably the most exciting progress happening on the continent right now. And um, what I'm doing is um, giving everyone an opportunity to kind of refresh or update uh, whatever stereotypes they might have and to uh, listen to um, an incredible project um, out of Nigeria. It's in fact, just received international recognition, um, the Basel Institute on Government 2022 Award for Anti-Corruption through Collective Action has been awarded to this project. And essentially what I'm going to be telling you is that since 2019, the number of reported requests for bribes at Nigerians' ports and terminals has reduced by 60%. Now, this is quite an extraordinary figure, and this is why it's important. 90% of world trade happens via ports and terminals. So given that a great deal of corruption can happen in that environment, um, a tremendous amount of the additional unnecessary cost of goods that we pay comes from corruption that happens in ports and terminals. So if we can tackle that, it's got significant implications. Fortunately, there are important agencies, global agencies and local agencies working together, focused on this particular sector. Um, so I first want to introduce you to the Maritime Anti-Corruption Network, um, actually operating out of Denmark. This is a global business network 
of vessel owners um, and associated service providers. And their goal is to create a maritime industry free of corruption. Uh, they work in partnership with local people in various different countries that have ports around the world. And their major partner in Nigeria, apart from uh, governments and other public and private stakeholders, is um, the um, Convention on Business Integrity. Um, and uh, its CEO, Nigerian Mr. Sojia Pampa, is really one of the major heroes of the story. So it's a 10-year project to date. Uh, and what happened was the Maritime Anti-Corruption Network, together with um, players in the ports, undertook a major root cause analysis to get a really deep understanding of the corruption that was happening. This business of shining a light on how things are is very important for us when we want to combat corruption. And there was a gathering of private and public participants. And from that root cause analysis, it became very evident that there needed to be a agreement of all the parties on, I suppose you can call them standard operating procedures for everything that happens at the port. So some years were spent developing these procedures. Um, and when everyone knows what the procedures are, you know, there's much less room for ambiguity for um, ports officials to um, claim that something's been done wrong when it hasn't. So that was the first part of it. There was then, together with uh, Mr. Sojia Panther's business, wide-scale training of over a 1,000 ports officials on anti-corruption. Um, everyone agreeing that this corruption was a major problem. Um, the office of the vice president of Nigeria, of the government of Nigeria, has um, taken responsibility for the heading up of a task force, which has representation from all the different government agencies and the public and private sector in the ports. And the kind of culmination of the great progress has been with a web portal um, established where the vessel, uh, the seafarers can log a problem that they're having, say a request for a bribe, get immediate support from, uh, say, the Convention on Business Integrity and be advised on how to handle it. And the matter is immediately escalated up the government authority line. Um, there's also an anonymous reporting uh, platform available, and this process has been responsible for achieving a 60% reduction in bribes. We had a sector that was renowned as having endemic corruption, and the collaborative work of all these people is now bringing the Nigerian ports and terminals, six ports, to the point where we can say that corruption is soon to be the exception rather than the rule. So you understand why I'm so excited about this uh, development, Patricia. Mm. It's, it's an absolutely exciting development indeed. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, everyone in their own countries will always cry corruption, but because we don't put a spotlight on the gains in managing and uprooting corruption, we will never, ever, you know, feel the hope. So you've given us hope, and I'm happy for those in Nigeria that at least their ports are on, on point. But let's come back to South Africa. This is where we live. <laughs> um, are there any similar progress um, 
points that you can share with us from our ports here in South Africa? Um, there, there, there isn't at this stage an equivalent multi-stakeholder multi approach uh, to preventing and combating corruption in our ports. Um, now, when we talk about the multi-stakeholders, obviously government is a really key player in the situation in Nigeria. It has been uh, the support that was garnered from uh, the government, from the highest office in, in, in the presidency that has been very powerful in supporting this. But we do have uh, people in the maritime industry, companies in the maritime industry in South Africa that are members of the Maritime Anti-Corruption Network. And those of you involved in trade, maritime and logistics related to that industry, I'd really recommend you go to the Maritime Anti-Corruption Network website. It's a very simple web address. It's macn.dk, macn.dk. Um, and there you'll read a whole lot more about inspiring progress in other ports around the world. I just focused on Nigeria for the topic this evening. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that in my own work, um, one of our offerings at Ethical Ways is a video-based anti-corruption learning program. It's actually called Don't Feed the Octopus. And um, that uh, Ethical Ways anti-corruption program has now been undertaken by close to 10,000 employees working in the freight industry in South Africa. That is because of the employers in the industry that are prioritizing ensuring that their employees are not involved in corruption. So that makes me tremendously excited. Um, the fact that these South African companies are routinely running anti-corruption awareness programs for all levels of employees shows that they're really wanting to make a strong commitment to combating corruption. Very, very interesting. So um, uh, before we get to the Rastafari and how they got their name, let's <laughs> go to our A-teamers uh, comments and uh, questions here. This one says, Hi Patricia and Penny, great topic. Perhaps citizens of Africa should be encouraged to be honorable in everything each one does, such as not littering, caring for local environments, being polite, having self-respect, grassroots ways to develop good character and honor. This is from Kat in PMB. I could not agree with Kat even more. Yes, I could not agree. the small thing. I, I get <laughs> frustrated when I see a people in a vehicle in front of mine throwing papers out of their window. I, yes. I've got a, I've got a, a bag in my car because I've got kids, right? And they're always having snacks and fruit and what have you not. <laughs> and that bag is dedicated to whatever litter they have. Leave it in the car. When we get out of the car, find the nearest bin. I, I've, That's it. But but small things like littering are not are not a biggie in South Africa. You you know. And if we can't get the grassroots right, how are we going mm -hmm. to get high authority to eradicate corruption? Indeed. Mm. Well, I think that each of us uh, can uh, choose to be the best version of ourselves rather than the worst version of ourselves, even when we might look around us and feel that uh, the general standard is dropping. 
Um, we don't have to drop our standards. I think that that's the important conclusion we all are uh, challenged to um, reach by the listeners. So thank you for that voice note. Agreed. Uh, there's a voice note from an A-teamer. A-teamers, Penny, Patricia. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, but there are many countries where I've been to. Um, I've been almost to, I think, uh, almost half of this uh, continent. You know, corruption in most countries is a way of life. You know, it's not something that is frowned upon. You know, whether somebody, you ask him for direction, somebody expects you to give him something. Whether you are a truck driver, you're passing the border, all your papers are well. When you pass, when you say thank you, somebody's expecting you to give him a dollar or something. I don't know if we have moved away from that, but uh, I'll imagine most of the A-teamers and the truck, most of the truck drivers will agree with me that there are countries where corruption is just a way of life. It, it has become a way of life in a way. Sure. Atima, thank you for sharing that one. Um, and it, it's reminding me, a week ago, my neighbor, uh, whose brother passed on, so she had to travel home in Malawi and she couldn't get a flight in time. So she ended up going on a bus. And you can imagine driving from South Africa through Zimbabwe, through Mozambique to get into Malawi. She said her passport is normal. She has no issues. Um, she had her vaccination certificate. But every authority outside of the South African border was asking for money or they wouldn't stamp. They wouldn't stamp her passport. Um, and they just said, yeah, we must put something there, something. And she said she ended up spending Hi, Patricia. a thousand um, rand, a thousand rand for her return just bus trip. Just on, I don't know what, I, I can't say it's bribes because she's being forced. She's being forced to to give them it. And if she said, it's she's, extortion. It's extortion. Yes, that's the word. Because she, she said to me, Patricia, I can't believe this. When I said no, just stamp an authority, a senior person would come standing behind them and say, if you don't give, we don't stamp. Yes. And that is a, an extortive bribe. It has been um, extorted out of uh, your neighbor. And I think that what the um, caller has highlighted is the fact that this issue of corruption is a widespread significant problem and the situation of your neighbour is telling us about how it is the average person that suffers the consequences. And um, it's because of this that this day is so important that we have this conversation and of course it is because of this uh, endemic corruption that we feel so inspired by this real measurable progress happening in Nigeria. Well, definitely inspiring. Hopefully we will uh, get more gains around anti-corruption. Here's a voice note. Hi, Patricia. Um, I'm sorry to sound cynical, but I think I'm just trying to be as realistic as I can be uh, on this one. Uh, having an anti-corruption day here, an AU-initiated uh, anti-corruption day is similar to having an anti-me day. I mean, how many people are going to support it? Uh, it's, it's just anti, it's just against, uh, you know, the governance and uh, leadership on this continent. Uh, and uh, until the toothless AU actually 
does something about uh, the many, many uh, corrupt uh, leaders on the continent and the many corrupt governments. Uh, because, you know, honestly, I mean, the fish rots from the head. If they don't deal with that, then uh, uh, the ordinary people in those countries are not going to uh, stray away from corruption. So, yeah, I think I think that's where it needs to start. Uh, the AU itself needs to look at uh, have, have a serious look at itself and and uh, deal with corruption uh, at its level with their leaders. And uh, and then it will trickle down and uh, then we can start taking them seriously when they have this anti-corruption day. Because right now, as it is, like I said, it's just it's like having an anti-me day. And uh, who's going to observe a day against them, you know? Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, that's how it is. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much, Farai, for that one. Atima Vuyiswa is on the line holding. Good evening, Vuyiswa. Thank you, Patricia, and your guest Thank you for taking my call. I also beg to differ, you know, because I've been to these countries, yeah, you know, as a journalist and as a researcher of my own project, especially Nigeria. It's one country that you can't come on the platform and confirm what your guest is confirming. I, I've been to Nigeria when I trained uh, during exile, you know, at the Military Academy. I've been to Nigeria four times working for BBC. I've been in Nigeria not long ago when I've been doing history. One guy took, just to carry my bag, I thought it was, uh, you know, the African uh, Ubuntu, and the guy carried my bag just uh, less than uh, 50 meters, then he was demanding dollars Mm-hmm. Which I told him, I just said, look, we are spoiled. In and dollars, not happen. in Naira? In dollars? Dollars, dollars, yes. 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 Naira yes. is nothing. You know, you, you get to London. I grew up in London, grew up in the USA. You see what they are doing, our brothers and sisters. They, 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 I think I agree with the caller that's saying we, we, we need... African Union needs to address a lot of issues. But the the the... the the root of all this thing is the poverty because the international world are also doing the same thing because this thing of devaluing our currencies and making the hard currency, U.S. dollars, British pounds, you, you name it, euro, you know, why? Because we have all these resources. The root of every corruption that happens in Africa is contributed to, uh, we must attribute it to the international, real international scandal comes from the Western world, and they corrupt the African. We need to address this. Agree with you, Vuyiso, in terms of addressing it. Thank you very much for sharing your experience and for calling in. Let's go to a voice note. Good evening, Patricia. Interesting topic on corruption. I mean, we are facing a problem with load shedding, and you find someone that has perhaps illegally connected electricity or bypassed their meter box or doesn't pay their electricity bill, you know, complaining about load shedding when they are part of the problem. So sometimes we need to educate people that corruption is as minute as that before we can start corruption. I mean, before we can start talking about um the escom bosses we need to look at ourselves first if we start by doing something everything right then we might not have this problem of load shedding sakile johannesburg thank you 
Thank you, A-teamers. I see more questions and comments are coming through, um, uh, but uh, if we get time before the news, we'll go to them. Penny, when we started the segment, you were telling us that you're going to talk about um, how the Rastafarian spiritual and religious movement got its name. Got its name. Um, Yeah. What does this have to do with the African Anti-Corruption Day? Well, I thought, you know, I like to look for inspirational words. As to the last three uh, contributors this evening have pointed out so profoundly, uh, we need inspiration because there's a lot to be uh, depressed about. So I thought I'd turn to the founding uh, chairperson of the Organization of African Unity, um, who was actually the last monarch of Ethiopia, Emperor Hal Selassie. And the interesting thing about the emperor is that um, he, his birth name was Tafari. That was his first name, Tafari McConnell. And he was called Ras Tafari because it was a royal title, like a duke or a prince, Ras Tafari. Anyway, um, he claims that he was a devout Christian, he, but nevertheless, the Ras Tafari religious and social movement took its name from his name, Ras Tafari, um, and they believe that he is the black incarnation of God. And what um, I thought I'd do is to mention just a few things about him. He was the first black person to appear on the cover of Time magazine. He was Time's Man of the Year in 1930. He was a controversial figure, but I think his words that I'm going to read to you now are important. He said this, it is the inaction of those who could have acted. It is the indifference of those who should have known better that makes it possible for evil to triumph. And I hope that that's a good note on which to end this discussion, Patricia. Mm. And I'm glad that you brought this up because this month um, marks his birthday on the 23rd of July. Um, so we'll oh, be celebrating Rastafari oh, okay. Halasalasi's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So very oh, interesting okay. that it all coincides with anti-corruption yes. and us celebrating Africa Excellent. Month. And you know, I just, I just wish we could yes. use those words in our daily lives, right? Um, just to repeat what you were saying, because the message sounds clear, and South Africans need to remember this: it is the inaction of those who could have acted; it is the indifference of those who would have known better. That makes it possible for evil to triumph. Ooh. Penny, thank you so very much. And we are definitely Thanks, looking Patricia. forward to talking to you again next month. Um, next if month. anyone wants to learn more about ethical ways and anti-corruption programs that you have mentioned, how can they get uh, more information and get in touch with you? Ethical Ways website. It's ethicalways.co.za. Simple as that. Until next month, keep safe and continue preaching anti-corruption. We will. Thank you, Patricia. Good night. That was Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways. A-teamers, it is 11 o'clock on the dot.